Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, October the 13th, 2022. It is currently 9.39 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, the one thing I have tried to do with my podcast is to make it somewhat unpredictable and to try to make it where I have the ability to talk about pretty much anything I want, but from a theological perspective. And I hope you appreciate that. I know some things I talk about you're not interested in. Sometimes we look at things like what's happening in the world of news. Maybe we'll look at something related to politics. Not Usually I'm condemning the church being politically hijacked, but sometimes we have to deal with political topics. What's going on in the world of Christianity? We talk about so much and so many different things. And hopefully you find it to be beneficial. Um, you know, there's always, there's always those who, who criticize certain things that I do. And there are those who like what I do. And if you know anything about me, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. You know that I absolutely love music. You know I love music. Now, a lot of people will criticize my music love and my love for music and, and, and condemn it. And I understand that. My, my, my love for music has never really been that compatible with Christianity. Let me just tell you that. I've, had a, I've spent my life you know, in conflict with that. But that's okay. We, we, I'm not here, uh, whenever I do talk about something related to music, in, most, in almost every single case, I'm not here trying to promote something or telling you to listen to something, but in many cases pointing out something that's going on in the music world that maybe you're not familiar with, something that may be getting a little bit of a buzz or people are talking about and looking at it from a theological perspective. The goal is not to get you to listen to it. The goal is not to promote it, but the goal is to say, hey, this is happening Let's talk about it from a theological perspective, and hopefully you will appreciate that. And that's what we're going to be doing this evening. Because earlier today, at 11 a.m. Central Time, a new song was dropped. I listened to it. Uh, I, I listened to the premiere of the song on Apple Music. They're one of their uh, music uh the Apple Music Music Streaming Service on one of their live radio stations. They have three, uh, Apple Music One, Apple Hits, and Apple Country. Um, and I love, of course, love radio, and I love the idea that they have people there talking about, uh, talking about music, interviewing artists, talking about new albums, and all of that, okay? Now, yes, am I telling you to listen to that? No, because most of you would listen to it and go, I can't believe, no, I understand that. But I'm just telling you full transparency uh, of what happened. So at 11 a.m., I had my headphones on. And they introduced the, what they basically called the song of the day, right? New Music Daily is what they ta- often refer to it as, where they, they, where they premiere a new song. And every single day, I mean, music is being dropped ar- you know, around the clock. But every day they focus on one song. And as soon as the music started, I was like, oh, wow. And as soon as I heard the first two words, as soon as I heard the first two words, I'm like, oh, 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 this could be something I could talk about on the Theology Central podcast. Because here's a young girl who wrote a song that clearly talks about God, but talks about the suffering 
and the pain one may endure, or in this particular case, this young girl had gone through in her life. I don't know the nature of her suffering. I don't know what was happening in her life. It sounded like she got, it got so bad she had to go uh, to some kind of, I don't, I don't want to say a psychiatric hospital, but some kind of, of place to try to find some help. Uh, the interview spoke a little bit about it, but it didn't go into detail. But she experienced something horrible, some pain, depress- depression, whatever, whatever she was going through. It was bad. And the one thing we know about life, you know this and I know this, is that life is filled with pain and anxiety and discouragement and depression and sometimes for some suicidal thoughts and, and there can be trauma. There, there can be horrible things that happen. Pain is a part of life and there's no way to get around that. I wish we could avoid it. I wish we could all just get away from it. But that reality of that pain, the reality of that suffering is something that every believer in God, every believer in the God of the Bible, every, every person who reads the scriptures believe the Bible is inspired. We, we realize we struggle with the reality of this pain and suffering and the existence of an all-knowing, all-powerful God who is supposedly holy and just and righteous and is love. Yet there's pain and suffering. If if you've been a Christian for five seconds, you've had to deal with this. You've had to struggle with this. Here, I look around. There was just a shooting just a little while ago in uh, North Carolina. I believe five people are dead. Right? I mean, that, that's just in a, a lot, just in a little while. We've got the the absolute horrific things happening in Ukraine with Russia invading Ukraine. And I mean, we could I could just every day there's pain, there's suffering, there's disease, there's death, there's crime. There, it's everywhere. And if you are a believer in God, you have to. I, I think maybe there are times we try to reconcile it, we try to understand it, and then there's times we just like we think we've got two or three good answers, and then we're just ready to move on and not thinking about it. But it's around us everywhere. There's pain and they're suffering. Yet we believe in a God who's eternal, who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who's omnipresent, who is holy, who is right, who is, who is just, who is loving. And you're like, well, wait, how can that God exist with all of these things existing? How do we reconcile that? Now we can say, well, it's sin. We can blame sin, but well, then we, I mean, you, everything still ultimately goes back to God because in the beginning, God existed. And everything that brought sin into the world, God was, I mean, we, I mean, there's no way to get around it. I I could work it through logically and make you, I mean, I think you understand where I'm going with it. I mean, do I have to explain it? In the beginning was God. Before there was Satan, before there was sin, there was God. He created Satan. Satan fell. He could have destroyed him. He could have kept him away from uh, the garden. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Once sin entered the world, he could have just destroyed everything and stopped it and said, well, he's so loving. He wanted to wait. The longer he lets the world continue, the more suffering and the more pain that there is. It is a, it is a problem. And when there's no, there's, and I look, I know the books have been written about it, but all the answers that Christians think they're so wonderful and all the answers that Christians are think are so great. Sometimes those answers aren't so wonderful and so great. When it's your daughter calling you at one in the morning, telling you she's just been raped. Those answers may not work when it's two in the morning and there's a knock on the door and it's police officers telling you your child was just killed by a drunk driver. See, those answers work theoretically, maybe sitting in in a pew on a Sunday. Sometimes they don't work when it's your child who's seven years old, who's just diagnosed with terminal cancer. 
Now, all of a sudden, some of the answers don't work. And I apologize for hitting the microphone right there. But the song that was released today is called Dear God by Nessa Barrett. N-E-S-S-A Barrett. B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Now, if you'd like to hear the interview with her, and if you have a subscription to Apple Music, uh, go to radio, look for the show that's hosted, uh, the Zane Lowe Show, look for the Zane Lowe Show, and listen to the uh, the episode from today. I think it should already be available on demand. I believe it is. In fact, let me look really quick. Let me go to Apple Music. Okay, uh, I've got the song pulled up right here. Let me go to radio. See, radio. Let me look here if it's available yet on demand. It is available right here. Yes. It is available. Apple Music. Live from Los Angeles. Where's Zane, first of all? Yeah, there's the Zane Lowe show. All right. And, and so it's available right now, and you can listen to the interview with Nessa Barrett, and she can talk about, you can get kind of get some context. Again, I'm not telling you to like the song. I'm not telling you to like Zang Lowe's show. I'm not telling you anything about music. May, you, you maintain what you believe you can and cannot listen to. That's, I'm not here to argue with that. I'm just trying to give you the context to where everything came from today. I hate, I hate that whenever I deal with an episode dealing with music, I got to give like 9,000 qualifiers and 10,000 warnings, but it's just the way it works. Well, let's just spend a little time this evening looking at the lyrics of Dear God by Nessa Barrett. Verse 1. Dear God, and just so that you know, there is a parental advisory for this song because of explicit content. I will not say the word that's in the lyric, um, but I will definitely give you an idea of what it is. All right, so here we go. Dear God, do you hear me when I'm crying? When I doubt, let's stop right here. Whenever you're going through horrible pain, whenever you feel overwhelmed with anxiety or worry or or doubt, whenever you're overwhelmed with these things, sometimes you do question, God, do you hear me? Do you hear me crying? Do Do you hear me? Are you even aware of what's going on? Now, I know philologically we know God is aware because he's omniscient. He's all knowing. We know he's present because he's present everywhere and all times. So we know theoretically, philologically that that's true. But practically, Job cried out. The psalmist at times cries out, God, where are you? Where are you? Do you even realize what's going on? And I, listen, I believe, I personally believe that when someone cries out, God, do you hear me? God, do you, do you are, where are you when I'm doubting? Do, do you, do you hear the doubt? Do you hear the cry? I believe that that's not, listen, I don't believe that those are words of weak faith. I believe that those are words of true faith. True faith, you you know, you assent, you 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 assent to the to the facts that you know, and you trust in God, and you so trust in God that you can say, God, where are you? You can't express your doubt, you can't express your pain. 
sometimes refer to it as a lament. A lament is a spiritual cry of pain. It doesn't mean you have a little faith. It means you have great faith because you can come to God in full honesty. The person who can express their doubt, the person who can express their pain, I believe that's a deeper faith than those who try to say, oh, no, 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 I don't doubt, and I trust God, and everything is wonderful, and everything's great, and they cover up what's really going on in the inside. The one who can express their anxiety, the one that can express their pain, the one who can express their frustration. Look at Job. Look at how he expressed his pain and his frustration and his confusion. He wasn't a man of little faith. He was a man of great faith because great faith can tell God what is and be honest with God. But the song begins, dear God, do you hear me when I'm crying, when I doubt and my soul is worth and my soul is worth saving, thinking I'm not good enough for you to answer what the F, obviously very strong language. But, and my soul, and my soul is worth saving, thinking I'm not good enough for you to answer? Like, hey, my, my, my soul, is my soul worth saving if I'm not even worth you answering? Like, my, oh, my soul is worth something. My soul is worth saving, but you won't answer me when I'm filled with doubt, pain, and suffering. What the, and then she uses obviously an explicit language. You can condemn the use of the explicit language. I'm not endorsing the use of the explicit language. I'm just saying she's expressing a real emotion. And we may never, I know in the church ever use the explicit language, but we will can definitely struggle with that. Wait a minute. So I'm worth saving, but I'm not worth you helping me out of this situation or this situation or this 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 or this. That's a real that's 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 something every Christian has to struggle with. Don't you love us all the same? Sometimes you can be looking at your situation, maybe your child is dying of terminal cancer. Well, you look at the other family and their child's 6 years old and healthy and like already looks like it's going to, he's going to have a great life and be super successful and just everything's going to go great for him. And you're like, well, don't you love me the same way you love them? Why is my child dying? Those are real questions. And again, I don't believe those are real questions of doubt. I believe those are real questions of faith. I've taken more than my share of pain can't you hear me say your name? Can't you see I've got these angel wings sewed onto my back with black ribbon? I know you know it hurts my skin. I was just trying to get into heaven. I've been dying to fit in. Now, this clearly may show a little bit of theological confusion, but I think it, it, because obviously we don't try to get into heaven, God saves us. But I think there is maybe in a roundabout way, it can be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, because I know I experienced this when I became a Christian, young teenager, 
And the next thing you know, my mom's in the hospital and, you know, she dies within, you know, no time and it's unexpected. There was a little bit of, wait, wait, God, I wait. So when I was off doing drugs, when I was off doing all these horrible things, my mom was okay. I become a Christian. Now my mom dies and you don't do anything to save her. You don't do anything to heal her. You don't step in in any way, shape or form. It's kind of like, wait, don't you see these angel wings that are sewn into my back? Well, I've been trying to deny myself and live for you and not do these. And I'm no longer doing drugs and I'm not selling drugs and I'm not doing this and I'm trying not to do this. Wait, don't you see that I've been trying? Sometimes we feel like the more we try, the more God should do for us. Now, there's a theological problem there, but you can but you can understand that emotion. Can't you see? Like, hey, where are you? Can't you see? I've got these angel wings sewn onto my back with black ribbon. I know you know it hurts my seeing you. I know you know how much it hurts me to try to do all of this. I've been trying to get into heaven. I've been trying to fit in. I've been trying to do the right thing. Where are you? Verse two. Dear God, if I drown myself deep in this holy water, will it wash away my sins? I thought you could help me make myself feel better, daughter, but it hasn't happened yet. Now, again, there's a little bit of this kind of, wait, I thought you could help me. I thought you would help me. What what do I have to do? Is it because of my sin? It's almost the idea. Is it because of my sin? If I could drown myself in holy water, will it wash away my sins? I thought you could help. I thought you could help me. I thought you could help me make myself feel better. I, I, I thought I thought you could help me. I thought you could do so. Is it because of my sin? What do I have to do to wash away my sin? Drown myself in holy water? Will that get rid of my sin? Because sometimes we feel like, wait a minute, the, the reason God is not helping me is because I'm a sinner. Well, the book of Job destroys that. Sometimes God doesn't help, and sometimes you suffer and has nothing to do with your sin. She goes on to repeat, angel wings, sewed on my back with black ribbon. I know you know it hurts my skin. I was trying to get into heaven. I've been dying to fit in. And then she repeats, dear God, a few times. And then she ends with this line. Don't you hear me when I cry? Now, the song obviously doesn't provide any answers. The song is not meant to be. Obviously, it's not written from even, I'm not, not even, I'm, I, will, I doubt it's even written from a Christian perspective. But it's dealing with the concept of God and suffering. Which is a concept that I think many Christians aren't very good at. We, I think when people are suffering, we try to give them a textbook answer. Well, you okay. Well, it could be, you know, we're, 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 typically when Christians start talking, when people are suffering, we sound like Job's friends. I don't think we ever have an an answer. God exists. Suffering exists. We, 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 We know this. God works all things according to his good pleasure and will. We know God's sovereign eternal decrees are in operating. And somehow suffering fits into all of this. We can try to say, well, good things can, we always try to say, well, good things can come from suffering. Good things can come from it. We always try to find that good things can come from it. I'm, I won't deny good things can't come from it. I don't know if that's somehow like, oh, wait, the only way God could get these good things to happen is, is he had to bring suffering 
You know, it's always like, well, you know what? Good things came from it. Oh yeah, your your mother died, but good things came from it. It's good. Hey, hey, your child was killed by a drunk driver, but good things come from it. It's always weird. Someone dies and someone else horribly dies, but because something good comes from it, it makes it all worthwhile. I, I, that's kind of a, a twisted way of, of looking at it. Someone else suffered. In Job's case, family died. The song indicates that young people, even in 2022, still struggle with the concept of God and the reality of suffering. That struggle has never gone away. That struggle will never go away. As long as there are human beings on this planet, they will question the existence of God and the reality of suffering. They always will. And Christians need to be better prepared in how to deal with it. And sometimes we just have to acknowledge God exists and suffering exists. And we don't have the easy answers to the reasons why. Because you would think if a holy, all-powerful, good, sovereign, holy, righteous, loving God exists, horrible suffering wouldn't. That's our way of thinking. But clearly, that's not the case because God exists and suffering. Some people want to say, well, because evil and horrible things exist, God doesn't. But guess what? Remove God from the equation. You still have the suffering. You still have the pain. Now you just don't really have a moral system and able to be able to refer to some of it as evil. But, but you, you, it doesn't make the suffering go away. And you definitely can't find purpose or meaning in it. But young people, they're, they're, they still have questions about God. But the main thing is, the church and you as an individual believer, we must allow for the expression of pain and the expression of doubt without judgment and condemnation and without necessarily trying to provide an answer. Faith, strong faith, can and should express spiritual lament. Deep faith should express real doubt and emotion and it doesn't call into question the, the faith. The church has always tried to silence doubt and, and, and the expression of pain. It's always supposed to be, no, all is well with my soul. All is wonderful. Everything is great. That's the way we're, suppo we're, we're supposed to be in the church. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. And we're not express, supposed to express the pain and the doubt and the frustration. But I think that that, is, that that creates a situation where we have to pretend don't pretend, acknowledge the anxiety, the doubt, the fear, the pain, and tell God it and give it to him. Talk to him about it. Sometimes I find it interesting that within the Christian music world, it's always supposed to be expressing confidence and trust and faith. And no matter how bad it gets, 
It's it's always like kind of this like that's the way it's supposed to be. But it's sometimes a secular song that does a better job of expressing the reality that we all experience. We don't experience sometimes that what everyone tells us we're supposed or we can pretend that that's what we think. But the reality is sometimes we express well the words of dear God. By Nessa Barrett. Because sometimes I definitely have cried out, going, God, where are you? Why? Why don't you hear my cry? What are you doing? I've tried. Don't you see the angel wings I've sewn to my back? Don't you see the pain I'm experiencing? What do I have to do? Do I have to drown myself in holy water to get rid of my sins? And then will you help me out? The church should be at the place where people with doubt and fear and pain and anxiety and don't have it all together can be comfortable to express that without someone going, oh, no, 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 no. You better say, you better say, you better show your trust for Jesus. You know, no, no, say, you better say positive things. Come on, you need to have faith. I am expressing my faith by expressing my spiritual lament, my spiritual cry of pain. It's just always interesting to hear the secular world wrestle with these very important questions. The existence of God and the reality of suffering. And trust me, there's young people in your church wrestling with the same two concepts. Simply being told to be good little boys and girls doesn't help them sometimes when they're wrestling with these deeper theological concepts. You can let me know what you think about the lyrics. You can let me know what you think about these, these issues by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Again, I'm not promoting the song. I'm just telling you, I thought it was interesting that I'm listening in a sense to a secular music program at 11 a.m. on a Thursday. And the first two words I hear in a new song that was released today was, Dear God. And I'm like, whoa. And it's like, dear God, where are you? I'm suffering. I, you don't always hear that, obviously, when listening to a secular radio program, where a theological issue is just handed to you on a silver platter. It would be foolish not to address it and talk about it. All right? You can tell me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for listening to the kind of a late night special episode. Everyone have a great evening. God bless.